right, welcome to A Hard to Tell podcast, episode 33. I'm going to call it the Patrick Ewing episode. Some nice. People, like some that. people, okay, you like yeah, that? Some yeah. people may call it the Larry Bird episode. Uh, I like that too. We had a bunch of names we were throwing around before, and I'm trying to. Matt one of them, Harvey episode? Matt Harvey, that was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know if he was. What number was he with the Mets? Was he 32 or 33? 33. Okay. So Harry Gant, old NASCAR oh, racer. I, I, Get the NASCAR. Oh, Something we never talk about on this podcast. <laughs> until we now. may need to take a break right now. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd throw a wrench into the situation. I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> if you're wondering who the guy sitting between us is, well, if is, you're a Yankee fan or a Net fan, you already no, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris Shearn, Yes Network studio host, a uh, friend of the program. Yes. Uh, he checks out the A-Hard first time, podcast. long time. First, uh, <laughs> WFN reference for those who don't know out of the New York area. But Chris, thank you for coming. We're, no, we're glad that you're here. Happy to be here. Um, very, very glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris is also a Yankee fan. I He's, am. Um, so life is good for him right now. It is. <laughs> <laughs> both, both professionally and personally. Yeah. Yes. Dexter um, said that in a way where uh, you're not too happy with. Uh, did you, are, you, are you saying that I was throwing some shade or disdain towards Chris? <laughs> why? Why would that be? Who I, do you root for? I root for a team in New York uh, whose colors are blue and orange. Uh, oh. Or, or, or as I like to say to my dad, who's a Yankee fan, when I'm annoyed, that team in Queens. Now let me <laughs> ask you a question. Let me turn it around. Okay. On you. Yeah. Sure. Is the reason you're a Met fan because your dad is a Yankee fan? No. And I'm gonna you know what my dad is not gonna be happy about. Did you about, want that? No, my dad isn't gonna be happy about the, the story conflict? because he will he will deny this. Mm-hmm. I was a Met fan growing when I was growing up. Um, I saw Doc and Daryl. I liked them, I liked their colors, and hey. I really became a fan. Now my What's dad not to like about Doc and Daryl. No, right. right now my right. dad used to take me to Mets games. Mm-hmm. Right? And he claimed he was a Met fan, but then at some t- some point which is 96. I know the exact point. That's mm-hmm. the t- when it turned. And he liked what the Yankees were doing. Oh. So he became a Yankee Weren't fan. Weren't Doc and Daryl on Oh! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I, I call my... I, no, sorry, Dad, but I call my dad a fraud of a fan for this. Um, oh he denies this story, but that is the truth. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't to, like, go against my dad or anything. Yeah. My dad just, uh, he uh, he jumped ship. My so, so, yeah, so, you, jumped so ship. your dad's the fraud here. Yeah. yeah, my dad's a My, my <laughs> seventh grade social studies teacher was uh, a, Met, a huge Met fan, and we had like these extra specials in my middle school, and one of them was baseball appreciation. And yeah. she, she was the one that uh, did that after school special. So I obviously joined up. I didn't know it was going to be Miss Biddle, who was running it, who's a huge Met fan. Uh oh. Guess what year it was? 1986? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so the whole time of baseball appreciation, she's putting in that video, we got the teamwork to make a dream work. <laughs> Let's go. And I'm like, oh, why did I do So you were sick to your stomach? Yeah. So you're feeling like how I'm feeling now. Vomitous. Yeah. I, 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 that's that's, that's kind of how I feel. Well, I have, I we mean, have a Yankee fan between us. Things are very, very different from 86 oh, to now. Very, very different. I mean, uh, even, even, like, even 2005, the Mets couldn't even enjoy that for you longer than all of here, two seasons. You don't even have to watch a Mets game to know how the I mean. Mets are doing. No. All you have to do, <laughs> because no. all the way down here from Connecticut to Brooklyn, I listen to uh, Joe and Evan. Okay. And if you want to know how, th- that is like the Mets dipstick. Oh, yeah. If, if, you di- if you put the dipstick into Joe and Evan and pull it out and look at it, you know exactly how yeah. that team is doing, especially Beningo. I mean, that guy, oh, yeah. that's why he's so good on WFAN, because he is a true fan 
Yes. Call into the show yes. all the time. Then he did the overnights. He was tremendous on that. He's a Ranger fan, so we bonded there, mm. uh, him and I, not together like in person, but on the radio <laughs> and listening to him. But that's why I love Beningo so much because he bleeds his team colors oh, I love on the air. And I think that's why a lot of the fans love him because it's like they have a voice yeah. mm-hmm. on the radio. And Evan's kind of the same way. Evan's just a younger yeah. version. He hasn't suffered as much. Yeah, Evan and I are the same age. <laughs> as and we Beningo. root for all the same teams except yeah. for basketball. And I love, shout out to Joe and Evan. Love their show. Still listen to them for 10 mm-hmm. to 1 in the fan. Give them a plug. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great. That's why I love Joe Beningo growing up. I listened to him overnight. Bro. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> Bro. I, I, I love that. He was just, just so raw and passionate. Yeah. And, I, you know, I like that. I, I'm glad that you like that as a broadcaster, too. I'm I glad do. that you like that I as do. well, too. But let's get into you. Right. Okay. Um, we, with Chris Shearn, Yes Network studio host, for people who don't know. Um, Chris, what I don't know about you, because we've known each other for quite some time, mm-hmm. um, I have no idea. How did you get your start? How did you get into broadcasting? How did you end up at the Yes Network? Tell the people. People want to know. Oh, boy. This people is, are interested. This yeah. is Especially long. since you just said you're pretty much one of the originals there. Yeah, 2002 uh, I was there when we launched. And it's that old saying, guys. It's not exactly what you know uh, sometimes. It's who you know. Mm. And it's not all the time being really great at your job, which creates the luck that mm. helps you get into certain situations because you're not going to get into certain situations unless you work hard. They say you have to get lucky sometimes. Well, working hard gets you lucky. You're not just going to sit on your rear end and have luck get thrown at you. Right, so right. as it turns out, um, I went to Rowan University down in uh, South Jersey. Yep. Okay. It's a small Division three school. I wasn't a really big D1 guy. I, I didn't want to go to a big campus, which is why I went to Rowan. It was in New Jersey. It was close to home, an hour and a half away. Uh, they had a great television program. It was just starting. It wasn't. It was just the communications department back then. It wasn't a school. Now it is, and it was just Rowan College. Now it's Rowan University. So I started there. I had great professors. I had a great class. Everybody points. I don't know if you guys do, and I'll ask you when I'm done. But yeah. I point to one class in my tenure at Rowan University, and and he always says, "Oh, stop! It was you. It wasn't me." But it was him. It was Ed Kasuba. He worked Mm. for KYW News Radio down in Philadelphia. He was the South Jersey Bureau Chief, and he uh, taught a class. He was an adjunct professor, and he taught broadcast journalism. That class changed my life. It turned my life around on a dime because he ran that class like a newsroom. Mm -hmm. If you turned in a paper late, if you walked into a class late, you got a zero. I love that. You got an absolute zero. He held you accountable. That classroom was a newsroom, and that I still have to this day. I graduated in '96. In my and I'll send you, I'll text you a picture. That of was it. a good year for you. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Yankees won. <laughs> so, uh, was, you so was '98. So was '99. So was 2000. Rubbing it in. 2009. <laughs> 2009 also. Um, but I still have my broadcast journalism Rowan University uh, notebook because it has style notes on how Mm. to write broadcast and everything else. So I point back to that as really starting to get the itch. I worked at the radio station there. I had a morning show. I did that Monday through Friday. I was very involved in sports there. And it started getting everything going. Um, we did. I, we had a TV station on campus. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was only showing the the menu for lunch. 
<laughs> and birthdays. <laughs> nice. So I went to student government uh, with the RTVA Association, Radio Television Association. I said, guys, we need to do something different. And they granted us $30,000. We got equipment. And it's been off and running ever since. Wow. I never was able to do a show on it. But all the kids that came after me, sorry, young adults, not <laughs> young men and women. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't be I, I don't, I, I know, I know, I know. It's 2018. I got to like fast forward from 1988. <laughs> but um, all those young men and women are getting the opportunity to have shows on that TV station and to get ready. You know, it, it's an extra level of preparation to get, to release you right. into the wild, mm -hmm. you know? So that really started it. Uh, after that, I, I, I went out to Las Vegas and I was an intern at a conference out there, 15 people from Rowan, 15 people from other colleges around mm. the country. Mm. Uh, we wore red blazers and we showed people the bathroom is this way. <laughs> that, that was your job? Yeah, that was my job. <laughs> but we got breaks during the day and we were able to go on the floor. Uh, it was the NAPI conference, uh, National Association of Television Producers and Engineers. And you know they, they, they packaged shows and sold shows, and you were able to walk around, talk, and, and network. And I met, I went all the way, I say this all the time, I went all the way to Vegas mm. to meet guys from South Hackensack, New Jersey, <laughs> who worked at Major League Baseball Productions. Uh. And they said, you know what? You're graduating. I, December 95, I graduated. I walked in 96. Mm -hmm. And they said, as soon as you get back home, send us your information. Somebody will reach out to you sent them my information and I started out as a logger. I was, but I just graduated college. So to all the young men and women out there who just graduated college yes. and you don't have a job in your field, listen carefully. Okay, listen up kids. Yes, I, I call was, them kids. I was slicing bread and icing donuts at an A&P bakery from six to noon and then I was uh, logging for SNS Sports News Satellite, also a subsidiary of Major League Baseball Productions at the time, yep. mm. from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. Mm. So they were long days. I wasn't making any money. College loans were going to start to kick in. Mm. And as luck would have it, there's the luck, but I was working hard. I didn't like icing donuts. I didn't like learning to make garlic bread. And, and, and stacking the bagels and stacking the, the, the rolls in the morning. I'm surprised you didn't like that. But I did it. <laughs> but I did it. I was at the bread slicer very early in the morning, so I went to four and a half years of college for this. But anyway, <laughs> it paid I've off. It paid off because I was coaching my younger brother's little league baseball team, which won the district championship that year. And my, just, you know, shameless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shameless, <laughs> shameless plug. Year. What a great year. Um, Besides the bread slice. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. The <laughs> but it's about to get better. Yeah. <laughs> the shortstop on that team, his aunt worked for CNBC. CNBC was starting, or NBC, I should say, was starting MSNBC mm. with Bill Gates and Microsoft. And they needed some lower tier people. So she said, give me your resume. I'll give it to my sister and we'll see what happens. So there it was. Worked hard, ran into some luck. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, everybody knows production assistants are yeah. low, low, low on the totem pole. Usually the start. Well, production yeah. assistants are here. I was a tape PA. So I kind of settled uh, in right here. Mm. It wasn't a lot of money. Um, obviously, I'm not going to talk about how much it was. It wasn't a lot. Trust me. Right. Um, we'll believe you. 
But they gave me a two-week trial period. Yeah. And they said, we'll try you out. If we like you, we'll see about getting you a staff position. Two weeks later, hard work, saying yes to everything. I got a staff position. Uh, How many hours for those two weeks? For those two, a lot. It was a lot. Whenever they needed me to work, I was there. I stayed late. I wor- We launched July 16th, 1996. July 18th, 1996, Flight 800 crashed. Yeah, the one yeah, to yeah, Paris. Yeah, Paris. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right off of Long Island. Wow, I remember that. So we weren't even set up in the studio yet. Brian Williams, I can remember him being on set in the studio saying, I need a basis computer out here right now, like live on the air. And then there, our tech manager was running around like a chicken with his head cut off trying to get him a computer set up because we, did, we weren't fully ready to go right. and we had to launch. So right. I worked there. Uh, I'll speed that up <laughs> because I know this story is long and I apologize. No, it's fine. People no, need to you hear have the story. floor. Yeah, absolutely. But 1996, I started there at when we launched. Yeah, I, I just told somebody the other day, I, I've been on one interview in 22 years. Really? Mm. One. Was that for Yes? For MSNBC. For MSNBC. Because Yes kind of happened. I was at MSNBC from 96 to 2000. <coughs> I, <clears throat> here's, here's some advice from your Uncle Chris, boys and girls. <laughs> Listen right, up, children. Right. <laughs> A, Young never people. date anybody at work. And B, don't get engaged. Because if it doesn't work out, the work environment isn't really all that great. So... <laughs> Ooh, so that happened. Real. All right. So that happened. <laughs> you want to just leave it at that? And in 2000, I left MSNBC. <laughs> I didn't really want to. But you kind of felt like you had to. But I did. Yeah, okay. Um, but I did. And my friend, uh, he, was a, he was an investment banker. He's retired, by the mm-hmm. way. And he's my age. Oh, nice. So I clearly, clearly chose the wrong path. Chosen wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, I'm moving out to San Francisco. I'm going to have like the entire West Coast is going to be under my umbrella. You have to get out of Dodge, come out to California, live with me, try to find something. If you don't, find, move back. But I think you need to just hit the reset button and, and get away from everything. Mm. So I moved out to California. I did that. I was out there for like four months. It didn't work out. I couldn't find steady work. I packed my Pontiac Sunfire. Nice, nice throwback. <laughs> and I drove all the way back to New Jersey in two and a half days. And when MSNBC found out I was back, they said, oh my God, you're back? We need you. Went back to MSNBC. I was there from 2000 to 2002. I covered September 11th. If you want to get into that, I will. Uh, but. I don't want to elongate this story anymore. I don't know if I really want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I was there for that. The breaking news aspect of that was unbelievable. I'm sorry, I have to hijack for a slightly important question regarding that. You went back to MSNBC. Mm -hmm. Now, was the uh, person there... The ex-fiance was still there. Ah, that's tough. That's rough. That's that's a rough one. But, but you made it work. But here's another piece of advice from your Uncle Chris. Oh, yes. Gems. Gem <laughs> when you leave someplace and come back, mm-hmm. you make more money because you've been other places. You see more experience. Ah. So the more and more you bounce around, the more and more you go up the ladder in that. If you're listening, this is, these are uh, two great jobs. Great career advice. Yes. But, yes. Um, I'm going to play this one back. But again, yeah, but, but again. <laughs> No engagements. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Only yes. if you're if you're damn sure about it. Uh, but uh, really damn sure. <laughs> but yeah. But that's okay. But at MSNBC, <laughs> I met somebody who left MSNBC and actually went to Yes. 
And I was, for six months after September 11th, my job was the overnights watching them pull bodies and body parts out of the wreckage and logging it for the morning producer. So wow. when he called me, I told you that not to bring everybody down, but to say when he called me, whatever the job was at yes, I was going to say <laughs> <Right>. yes. <laughs> because I, I, I just... You, you were over it. I couldn't do it anymore. You were and numb to it at that point? Well, one of my friends from high school passed, too. So mm, every night, every night, it was just emotionally i couldn't handle it anymore and when he mm. called me and said do you want yes i don't care yeah, yeah. whatever i'll, I'll off, sweep like up <laughs> I'll, i i don't care what it is just get me out of here right 2002 started at yes as an associate producer um i'll fast for i'll hit the fast forward button a little bit here uh mike and chris we were doing the mike and the mad dog show and sometimes the show before that and i believe it was Jody and Sid, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was. at that time it was, yes. And Jody and Sid would sometimes go long, and we would be up on this still of Mike and Chris for sometimes a minute to two minutes. And you guys know, as well as anybody, mm-hmm. that amount of time in TV is an eternity. Yes, yes. absolutely. It's an eternity. eternity yes. so I nothing went, going on. Yeah, <laughs> I went to my boss, and I said, hey, I don't have to be on camera, because I always had this itch to to do on-air stuff. I said, I don't have to be on camera. I said, but let me do just a highlight rip, and that'll bridge the gap, and we could skip their 2020 at the top, and we could go right from my highlight rip into Mike and Chris. Into Mike and Chris. Mm-hmm. Or we can go to a minute break, and then Mike and Chris. You know, we could, it'll be seamless. So, I like that, but let me see on camera. And this is Woody Fryman. I have to give him credit. He, he said, send me a tape. Let me see how it looks. And we, and we did a demo, and we sent it to him. And he said, go ahead and do it. And, and John Filippelli, of course, signed off on it. And I owe Mr. Filippelli, and I owe Woody uh, my life because those two had the foresight in that tape that they saw in me to say, hey, you know, this might work out. And then that led to doing uh, high school hockey sideline <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a hockey fan, but I've never played the sport in my life. So mm-hmm. that was a little rough along the way. But this is, this is what kids have to understand. You know, you, you have to do things that scare you. You have to do in the business, not, you know, cliff dive or anything like that. Uh, I, don't, I don't want anybody to <laughs> think they have to skydive. Well, yeah, and I don't mean to say, but you're saying kind of take a, ju- a jump in your career. Do you something have because, to. Yeah. Because you, cause I think you gave uh, the two guys credit there, but I think one of the other things that's important is you also took advantage of said, hey, there's an opportunity here. Yeah. Let me ask for it. You weren't afraid to ask for it. You have to open your mouth. My dad tells me all the time, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Yeah, yeah. You know, if Amen you, to that. And if you don't open your mouth, you're never going to know. Now... That turned into the high school hockey, which then turned into um, other opportunities. And they were going to start the batting practice show in 2006, and they kind of eased me into it. They were ha- they had Bob Lorenz host it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I would come in in the C block, and I would just do a highlight rip because that's what I was doing for Mike and Chris. Yes. So they tested me out, and after about a week, that was it. The training wheels were off. I, I was hosting the BP show, and the rest is history. Here I am. Uh, God Almighty! <laughs> I <laughs> I hope that didn't make you feel old. Sometimes I tell stories that make me feel old. Years. <laughs> I, I no, you know, and I can remember. I was 28 when I started working at Yes. Mm. I was 28. 28. 28, Brian. That's crazy. 28, Dexter. Yeah. 
when we come back from break, I definitely want to ask about. And I'm like, 44. I definitely want to ask about yeah, that. <laughs> it does make you feel old. You can say it. I'll say it. Sometimes you think about stuff you don't realize how much you've done in a short period of time yeah. in your career, and you need to appreciate it. I try to tell oh, kids I that too. I, I know you do. He I tries to tell me that. that yeah. I, yeah, I tell Brian all the time. <laughs> appreciate it as you're going along, because a lot can happen very quickly. I'm trying to. My wife just said that. My wife just said that to me. She's she, a smart woman. She said, because I get down a lot. I do. Yeah. You, you wouldn't think I do, but I do, because you're always spinning your wheels. You always want more. You know, and and that's, yeah. that's the sign of a true competitor. Yeah. You know? And that's the way I've been, and that's what my father molded me into. You know, never be complacent. Never be the old shoe that's just sitting in the closet. Hey, yeah, you know, I, he he's not gonna throw me away. He wears me from time. No, <laughs> you always want the new Jordans. Yeah, yeah. Right. you <laughs> always want the new Jordans. Yeah. So that's that's what I have inside of me. And my wife says, you never know. Every time you leave the house, might be the day that your life just changes. Like yeah, that. and I try yeah. to think and the so same I way. think both. I think to be both ways before we go to break. I think that's important. Um, I just. I'm just like you too, always competitive. I know Brian is like this too. Yeah, because you have to reel me in from break. time to time. Yeah, but sometimes <laughs> you got to take a step back. And you you amaze yourself. I think you just did it by telling the story. You're like, yeah. wow, I did all this yeah. stuff in yeah, 16 right. years. Yeah. Because you probably don't really ever, when do you get to say, this is what I did from 1995 to 2008, I, I, 2018? I, I try to block out <laughs> the, the actual the years. The right, right. <laughs> portion of right. the But it's part of my story. You know, it is. everything yeah, it is, is part of your story. It's how, it's how your, your metal is, 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 is brought along. You know, yep. it, it, everything is breaking through a wall and breaking yeah. through a wall. It's hard work. Nothing was ever handed to me. Nothing. Right. I'm from a small town in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to a small university. I paid off college loans for 12 years plus interest. You know, my parents didn't have the means to just say, here, go to college. Right. I had to work for it. Right. You know, it's not like you just walk into something and say, oh, here's everything. Here's your job at Yes. Here's this. Everything was, was I, I worked hard for everything. And I feel like I need to say that. You know, people just look at you sometimes and say, well, you know. Oh, they can do your job kind of stuff. Or you just got yeah, here. Yeah, you know. You, you, I you just know. got here doing right. nothing. Like, they see you on TV and they're like, oh, I can do that. There's all been a lot time. of trials, a lot of tribulations. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's all about, there, there, was a, there was a sign in the Angels Clubhouse, and this was before I got into TV. And I've taken this quote with me. And I forget who the manager was. It's going to kill me. It I wasn't see him. No, it was before, before social. Mm. And it's going to kill me. I can't remember the guy's name. I could see his face, and I can't remember his name. But he wrote it on there, and it said, if you travel down a path that doesn't have any obstacles, chances are it doesn't lead anywhere. Mm, I like that. So I love I love some cool motivational I, I'm like Barry Sanders, man. I am cutting. <laughs> is it, is I'm it, doing is spin it, moves. Is it Terry Collins? It was not Terry Collins. Oh, was, I was gonna. That would have been ironic. It was before <laughs> Terry Collins. Joe Madden. I like anyway. I like that. I like that quote. Might have been Madden. Joe Madden was there for a short amount of time. It might have been Madden before Marcel Lackerman. Latchman, no. Latchman, no, no. Wasn't oh, Marcel Latchman. Are in there? Either no. way, it's a great. It's a fantastic quote. Yeah, like, yeah. We, we love the quote. All right, so we we've heard Chris. I hope it was Terry Collins. <laughs> I hope people enjoyed that. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about. Regional sports, the impact of that. We're going to talk some Yankees baseball. Maybe we'll talk about the Mets. I don't know about all that. Uh, yeah. Some Brooklyn Nets basketball and, and NBA we'll finals. And we'll fix our background. Yeah. <laughs> which went off in the middle of us doing that. But we'll we talk, just keep it going. We'll talk about more about that when we come back on the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast.
What's up, listeners? You know sometimes how it can be hard just to get from point A to point B. Now, when I have to get anywhere and I don't want to deal with the hassle of public transportation, it ain't hard to tell how I get around. I always make sure to use the best car service app in the game. I'm talking about Lyft. Lyft offers rides in minutes. All you have to do is download the Lyft app, request a ride, and you will be on your way quickly. Lyft is all about happy riders and happy drivers. Take a ride with them and you'll see why 9 out of 10 rides end up with a 5-star rating. Lyft always has amazing offers for new customers, and I'm here to tell our listeners about a great offer today. Lyft is currently offering free ride credit to Ain't Hard to Tell listeners. If you are new to Lyft, then you are eligible and getting your credit is easy. All you have to do is download the app and use the promo code AHTTPOD to unlock your free credit today. Ain't hard to tell who is the best car app service. So use the code today and ride out loud with Lyft. The best new sports web series is here. It's from Backpack Broadcasting and it's called The Sports Walk. The Sports Walk is a series where diverse sports fans take a walk and share their views at the intersection of sports and society. The entire first season is now available on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and BackpackBroadcasting.com. See what other sports fans have to say about a variety of issues in the world of sports. Watch all 13 episodes from Season 1 and take the Sports Walk today. Episode 33 of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Our guest is Chris Shern, host, pregame, postgame, Yankees-Nets. Does all that? Pick something. Pick something. <laughs> I yeah. pretty much do it. You, yeah, pick something. <laughs> pick something. You, you, yeah. You've seen him on there. If you haven't seen him on there, then I guess you're not watching. Yes. Yes. Uh, basically, if you just know, just call me copy and paste. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you know the Yes Network, you definitely know our guest. And we were just talking about the Yes Network off air, uh, the origins of that. You were there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about that story you were talking about, um, about how you know the devils were involved. Oh yeah. And the Nets were involved, like, right at the beginning. Because you got there in 2002, 2002, and this was right as Yes but was this starting. But this was before, and I know we touched on me being at MSNBC around September 11th, and before that even happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is in 2001. Someone who knew I was a ridiculous Yankees fan, who <laughs> I worked with who I worked with at MSNBC, sent me a link to a website that they found, and I could remember it like it was yesterday. It's amazing what your brain can do with the filing cabinet, but I could see it. It was like a dark blue background, and it had the Yankees, the New Jersey Nets logo, and the Devils logo, huh. and it was yankeenetstv.com or yankeenets.tv or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those moments where you know, your eyes get big and your mouth just opens up like, wait a minute. The, like, Yankees, the Yankees are going to have their own network. Yeah. So there was a link to send your resume. So obviously, clicked the link, sent my resume, and I got the form back. You know, we, we're not taking any more resumes. At oh, this I've time. seen that before. So, <laughs> oh, you got that so, form? I thought you could oh, get yeah. the one that's like, we're going to consider you. No, I've gotten that one too. Oh, okay. No, they gave not. you the like, nah, this isn't happening. Not, oh. not going to happen. So I huh. kind of slumped in my chair at the edit desk. I was like, all right, well, I guess that isn't going to happen. And then somebody, you never know though, somebody that you know. Mm. I'm going to tell you this right now. Yes. Another tip of advice from, from Uncle, Uncle Chris. Chris. Yes. I'm this in church. is a very small business. Oh, yeah. You do not, you never want to throw gasoline on any bridge and 
strike a lighter and throw it over your shoulder. Right. You never know that person you work with, that person you run into at an arena, mm. that could be running a network someday or get into a position at a network someday that can help you get a job at that network. Mm -hmm. You need to play everything close to the vest. You need to be, hmm. you can't shut anybody out. Right. That's, that's the main point I'm trying to make. You can't be jealous of what other people have and you can't shut anybody out hmm. because that person or the person that you may want to shut out is the person that is going to help you get to that next level. It's a very small business. I run into people across the country that I used to work with at MSNBC. Mm. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. It's a big business, especially now, like 30 years ago. The guys that work at Yes, that used to work at ABC, the business was small back then. Now it's gigantic, yeah. but... Still very connected. But it's still very connected and very small, so... Yeah. That's Sorry to go off on that tangent. Yeah. But. but what about the sort of the origins of the Yes Network? Like now from the network standpoint, mm -hmm. just kind of going in. I mean, did you envision that it would become this? What were like, did you maybe it would maybe there's I a knew, story about whether or not it was going to fail? At no, some point? I knew this. Okay. I knew this for a fact mm. I, because of the backing that we had with Goldman Sachs at the outset and because it was the New York Yankees. Uh, and because they were coming off the dynasty, I, yep. I knew that the team was still very competitive and had a chance to get back to multiple World Series. Mm -hmm. uh, they did in 2003. They had a shot in 2002. We all know what happened in 2004. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, going in, to answer your question, it's the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, if anything is too big to fail... The brand is very, very, very. I strong. mean, it's yeah. it's just it's going into a job and and knowing that you pretty much have security. That's at least the way I looked at it. And you know, who knew that the first or the yeah the first couple of years the Nets would have the seasons they had. And oh yeah, you know, I grew up a Knicks fan. I still am, and I know Net fans don't want to hear that. Uh, but I root for the Nets, and other fans might be oh, saying, other, and other fans might be saying right now, how could you be a Knicks fan and root for the Nets? Oh, Dexter gets that all the time. Well, yeah, I because that they're part, daily. because yeah. they're part of our brand. That's why I'd be stupid <laughs> to, to not root, root for the Nets. Right. And when you cover a team, especially now, and I know we're going to get into the Nets later, so I don't want to rush. Yeah, the no, it's fine. But. I like the guys on this team. Right. I, I like the coach right. of this team. I right. like the general manager of this team. And you couldn't always say that. No. There's a lot to like. There's a just, there's just a lot to like about the Brooklyn Nets, and that's not the companies coming through. I mean, yeah. that's just my genuine. When you do this, when you're in this business and you're around it, yeah. I think you get desensitized to it a little bit. You you're, do. You're you not do. as much of a rabid fan anymore as you you. You know the business oh, I'm part of there. it. You know what I I'm mean. Already so, <laughs> so it, it's an interesting way to look at it. And I think, you know, I could still be a crazy Knicks fan, and and root for the Nets. I'm sorry if you can't handle that out there, but <laughs> it's it's the yeah. Day. I because we both do work for Nets Daily, and, and that's being, why we yeah, get that all the time. Being a video journalist right. for Nets Daily, I've just always had Nets fans who either find out that I grew up a Knicks fan mm -hmm. or I love I love yeah. the Knicks, and I still do. And they'll be like, "How could you do that?" Yeah. But I don't. I never not want the Nets to succeed. Because it's in your blood. Yeah. yeah, and the Nets succeeding has given me great opportunities. It's given yeah. Brian great, <coughs> excuse me, opportunities. Even well, they haven't succeeded They haven't had yeah. great when you covered them. But <laughs> I got to, when they first came to Brooklyn, I got to, you know, cover them a lot and go to practices and, 
you know, sort of uh, do this great content that we yeah. had. So, of course, I want to see them yeah. do that. And I never want to see them do that. I mean, yeah. now, if they play the Knicks in a series, you know, everybody knows where yeah. I'm, who I'm rooting for. Yeah. But I'm not going to put that out in my work. It hasn't affected my work or what I do. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's good you brought that up, that fans can understand that. Yeah, yeah. And part, part of that with the podcast, not to cut you off, uh, cool, part, no, and part of that with, with the podcast when we started it, we were like, oh, we know that Dexter's uh, Nick fandom is going to be kind of pushed to the forefront here. Mm-hmm. So, as, <laughs> yeah. as that kind of started, because we're revealing ourselves more mm-hmm. and more, there's like 33 episode now and then it's like you know a the lot Harry Gann episode right yeah <laughs> then, we, we're going with that and then a lot of Neff fans were like he drove the Skull Bandit car by the way <laughs> <laughs> didn't know that <laughs> you know a lot of Neff fans are like oh I can't believe Dexter's a Nick fan and they can't kind of differentiate the two when mm-hmm. to us being in this business and I've been here a lot shorter time than you guys have but I can understand already that I mean you're going to be desensitized to it yeah, but I'm still going to be who I am yeah. and still be and it's easy to separate the two it's Chris easy to separate to your yeah. yeah it's easy to separate uh if you you know a fan of a different team like it's easy to separate who you are professionally versus who you are personally yeah but I think Chris might even agree with me on this and he talked to hit on this a little bit is hey when you when you work in this business a lot and Chris is a Yankee fan, and he's a Knicks fan, and grew up a Knicks fan. You don't, you're not, you become less of a rabid fan, as he said. You you start you start to look at the wins and losses. It doesn't yeah. mean it doesn't it doesn't hurt as bad. Right. You remember when like a Yankee loss or a Nick loss used to mess up your week? I'll tell you right now. It doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Too old for that. I'll anyway. tell you this straight up. 2004. I needed medication. Damn. <laughs> you know what? Nyquil. I, I could but, not no, sleep without that, the help of Nyquil. No, but that, I, that was the worst Yankees fan. Worst thing, I understand. I saw. I understand. I mean, the, you know now, what I mean. The other people can look at it and say, Yankees, you guys won all the time. How do you feel bad about 2004? Because 2004 because was, was the worst the way. Socks. And, and it was, and it was if, 3-0. Oh, and then, if, oh my but God. But you know what? I'll never forget it. I'll never forget yeah. it. Before Game Four. Fox had Dennis Leary do this long intro. <laughs> oh, I remember how, that. I remember how, where I was for the, watching this. On how the about. on <laughs> how the Yankees were, you know, they they always own them, and it you know it's just the script, and this is the yes. way it goes. After that intro, four straight Red Sox win. Can I? Ask you, I want to oh ask you a God. question because we're now we're going off something we didn't plan to talk about. I want to ask you this: Game three mm-hmm. of that series, mm-hmm. right? The Yankees was demolished. That the 18-7 yeah, game dem- or I'll never forget. I was in my senior college. My best, my roommate was a Yankee. He's a Yankees fan. Mm-hmm. Dave Thomas, great guy, big Yankees fan. But you hated his team. Yeah, but we're great friends. We've known each other since <laughs> we left. But we're great. Friends. That night we said we were watching the game. It gets, turns into they're blowing them out. Mm-hmm. We were gonna just stay home. They said, you know, what, let's go out. So we decided to go. We go out. We go to this club in Pittsburgh. They're blowing them out. Mm, it's crazy. Mm, I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, music was like that that night. We're, we're having a good night. Music was Yankee like that. Yankee fans that are happy. <laughs> they have it on the big screen in this club. People are cheering. Chris, I we leave that night. We go back home. I say to my friend Dave, I said, "This is over, man. Over. This is over." Then the next we got the next game in our apartment. Watching it, we see that intro with Dennis Leary. Mm-hmm. They win that game. Dave says to me, "I'm worried." Oh. And I'm a Mets fan, what? so I'm looking at this like, oh, this is the Yankees. Ain't nothing to worry about. Right. My dad. And Boston was my still dad. cursed. Boston was still yes, cursed. That's an important part of this. My dad says, mm, I'm worried about slightly concerned. Game five. My dad's like, mm, something's happening. Mm-hmm. I under, so what I say all this to say the way everything unfolded, and we all know what happens after that, I understand why somebody like Chris might have said, I need a timeout. 
and some medication, yeah. some NyQuil to get to sleep yeah. because it was the worst way it could have happened. To I the worst tossed, way. I, I, NyQuil usually, you know, it's the nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, headache. <laughs> Why the hell did I wake up on a kitchen floor medicine? <laughs> and that is a, that is a John Panette line. I got to give credit where credit is due. <laughs> Thank you for uh, doing that. The late, great John Panette, stand up comedian. Yep. Um, but yeah, but I would toss and turn with it. So that's are you are you over it? Have you recovered? Oh yeah. Oh, you're, you're good. I, I have. I have two okay. kids now. I mean, I got. See, that's, <laughs> that, that's the other thing. Like that's something fans don't understand. And I know fans with kids are still rabid like that. But yeah, I have. I have bigger fish to fry now. Yeah, yeah bigger yeah. stuff to worry about. I get that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I can't. I mean, and I listen. I, I want the Yankees to win. I want the Nets to win. I want the Knicks to win. Um, but. You know, if they don't, it's out of my control. Sure. I can only control what I can control. That's Amen. the best way I could put it. I, and in the next day, the next morning, the way I look at it is, was I wearing a uniform? Yeah. Mm. Exactly. I, nothing I can do. The control what you can control. I literally said that to myself this morning. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's all you can do. There you go. <laughs> all right, so let's, let, let's actually talk a little bit about the Yankees. Okay. All right, let's talk a little Yankees, um, where they are this year. Mm -hmm. This is a team that it has... Uh, if you want to say rebuild, they have a lot of problems. Oh, you're, you're, now you're just trying to disgust me. All you gotta do is look at Twitter. All you gotta do is you look at Twitter. I, see, I gotta stay away from that. A lot of problems. How often do you look at Twitter? A lot. You, your, okay. <laughs> a lot? you check so, your ventures so, a lot. So you check your ventures a lot. So what's, Yanke what's okay. Yankees Twitter saying to you right now? Let's talk about right now. What's Yankees Twitter saying? Well, I don't we, have we my phone, so I don't know. Well, not <laughs> right now, but yeah, in this season, you. Well, some some Yankee fans. Well, first of all, now look, I'm a huge Brett Gardner guy. Always have been since 2005. Uh, I saw him in Staten Island. I sat in the dugout with him in Staten mm. Island. That was a great experience for me because I got to be the clubhouse reporter for Staten Island Yankees, Yankees. like three games. Bob Lorenz did play-by-play -play with Homer Bush back then. Oh, and, I was in, and I was in the dugout, and Gardner would come off the field and sit right next to me. I, I, you know, I wouldn't talk to him because I didn't want to you know, break that barrier, but I was mm -hmm. able to sit in the dugout and see the interaction and everything. But I said to myself when I saw him that night, I was mm -hmm. like, you know, he's fast. He's got power to the gaps. If he could keep hitting through every level, there's no way this guy isn't a major leaguer. No way he had to hit, though. I don't care how good you are defensively. If you can't hit a lick, not gonna play you're a not going to play in the major leagues. So I went back and I told a couple of people, and they're like, what are you, a scout now? And three years <laughs> later... There's Brett Gardner. He gets the call up in 2008, last year of the stadium, and in 2009, of course, him and Melky Cabrera sharing time in center field, and they yeah. win the World Series. He's got a World Series ring in his first full season as a member of the Yankees. Uh, I've just been a huge fan of his, and about, I don't know, May 9th is when he started hitting again. So before May 9th, maybe the week, two weeks before mm -hmm. May 9th, I think he was hitting like 126 for like a two-and-a-half-week stretch. And the DFA Gardner tweets start rolling in from all the Yankee fans. Now, granted, this is during a streak yes. where they're 17 and one. Right. <laughs> 17 and one. Can't relate <laughs> as a Met fan. Well, Gardner, <laughs> told once DFA so. Gardner. Oh, so, yes. The other day, I think those fans were ridiculous. I was, I was filling in for Bob Lorenz. to say. Filling in for Bob Lorenz on Tuesday. So I get into work early, and I start looking, and I, eh, let me look at Gardy really quick. So I look at Gardy, and I did his numbers. He's like 27 for 58 over his last 18 games. He's huh? hitting like 353. 
So I put all of his numbers up on Twitter and I said, hey, DFA <laughs> Gardner Camp. How's this? Yeah. Want to still DFA this guy? He's, mm -hmm. he's the prototypical uh, guy that you look at. Maybe when he was at the College of Charleston, is he's never going to make it. He's too small. He's too this. He's too that. Mm -hmm. He just keeps running through stuff and running through stuff and running through stuff. Yeah. And he's the, to me, he's the prototypical guy that if people told him he's not going to do something. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. And every year he does the same thing. And I give Michael Cray, K all the credit in the world because Don LaGreca mm. was getting all over Gardner. And Michael K said, Don, by the end of the season, he's going to be right around 270. You watch. And he was down around 219, 220. He's up to 258. Are, are, do you think, do you, with all that being said, and we'll get to your thoughts on what this I, I just, do. I, I feel like... I, are I'm baseball fans too impatient? I, I feel, yes. I feel like I'm... Gardner's big brother, and I always have to defend him. And, right. I, and I hate when the DFA crowd comes out and they just say DFA this, DFA that. It's not. That's not the be all end all. Right. You know. Right. Not everybody is a DFA candidate. Matt Harvey. Jose. Well, Jose Reyes. <laughs> okay. Jose, Jose Reyes. Reyes is now getting that talk. Maybe I run for the wrong team. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately. But uh, yes, to answer your question, Dexter. <laughs> Baseball fans, especially Yankee fans, are they're too impatient. It's a New York fans. New York fans. Yeah, yeah I don't even want to put and, it all in the and I used to be one of them. Right. right. I'll, I'll admit to that. But I've come to the realization I, I'm able to sit back and take a step back and be out of my body. And it's an out-of-body experience and say, okay, they're 6-7, and seven, which they were. And yes. That's when the Mets were 11-1, by the way. Oh, how things have changed. And Mickey Calloway was the best thing since sliced bread, and everybody was saying, fire Aaron Boone. Then the Yankees were 9-9, nine and nine, and people were still losing their minds because the Yankees games. were 9-9. Nine and nine. Yeah. It's 18 games. And the Mets and then, have the worst record And then you since. try to be rational, and you try to say it's 162 games, and then you get all these people on Twitter firing back at you, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Games in April count. If we don't make the playoffs by a game, I'm going to point back to the game we lost to the... Okay. I disagree. Okay. Okay, listen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, listen. <laughs> Tell him, Chris. It's a 162-game season. Now, here's the thing, though, that's different with this season. There have been only been two calendar days that the Yankees and Red Sox both lost on the same day. That's crazy. Red Sox have 43 wins. I Yankee. think they're 43 and 19. 43 and, the, and 19. And the Yankees are 40 and 18. So game back. Yep. This is going to really stink that if these teams keep doing this, guys, one of these teams is going to have to play a wild card playing yeah. game. Yeah. It's, that's probably what's going to happen. Back, we're going back to the NL Central a couple of years back. Yep. When mm. it was the Cubs. The Pirates, Pirates and the Cardinals. And the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yes. Cardinals. Yep. And the Pirates <laughs> and the Cubs had to play that one, one game, game. playing. I think they had 98 and 97 wins. Yeah, I yeah. think we're, we're headed for that in the American and, I, yeah. and Joe and Evan were just talking about on the way in, we might have 200-win teams, but one of those 100-win teams is going to have to play a wild-card game. Yeah. yeah. So yep. to allay everything that I just said, to you know, just to be on the side of those Yankee fans who are a little impatient and do that, mm -hmm. In this situation, in this case, you may be a little bit right. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and, and that game difference. Just now, how good do you think this team can be? Because Brian and I have talked about this too, and just, just looking at it, how good do you think this Yankee team well, can be? 
Well, I this year. This year, yeah. I don't think they're the 114 win 98 team. I, I, I just don't. I think they need to pick up another pitcher, and don't hit me for saying that. And I know, you know, you're so, wow, this team needs help. Well, no, actually, we're ready to give you Jacob DeGrom. We don't. Like, you don't want Jacob DeGrom. You've got to tell me who you're asking. We have a question about that. We'll get that in a second. But go where you were going, because you were saying that you think they need to pick up another pitcher. I think they need. Sonny Gray, what he's doing lately, three of his last four starts have been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And you can't say, well, it was against the Royals, it was against the Orioles, and it was against the Blue Jays. You pitch who you, who, pitch who you have to pitch right? against. Yeah. And what he's done against those teams who are major league teams, whether you want to like it or not, right. mm -hmm. those starts have been phenomenal. The Angels start, not so much. And you know what? His next start is against the Nationals. And it's at home. And his ERA discrepancy as a Yankee between home and, no. and away games is like, you know, north and south, and they couldn't be further apart. Mm. I think the ERA on the road we just did on the postgame show last night was just over two, and the ERA at home is over six and a half. Mm. So against that Nationals lineup at Yankee Stadium, we're going to get a good litmus test on how Sonny Gray is doing. But the movement on his pitches... Uh, if he if he has a friendly strike zone, if the umpire behind the plate and I forget who it was last night, but he did have a very gracious strike zone and that benefits Sonny Gray. Um, but I, this team could be extremely good, but unfortunately they have a Red Sox team, it, 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 the Belmonts this Saturday. So mm -hmm. they this is somebody somebody's justify. I don't know who that is yet, <laughs> but. There's a horse right next to Justify. Mm -hmm. Justify is, who, is whoever's going to win this division. Yep. And, and I don't know. I just don't Can't know. Go either way. Because, hey, the trade deadline comes up for the Red Sox, too. Yeah. They can make a move just as well as the Yankees who can would, make who a move. Would, what's an arm out there you would get? Well, I just, I just heard John Heyman, because uh, everybody's saying Cole Hamels, Cole Hamels, Cole Hamels. And some are saying Madison Baumgartner. Even though he just came back but and pretty well. the Giants are back in it. They're, and they're, and they're, they're yeah. playing better. That's, that's why I didn't they're think They're playing that. in a horrible division. Yeah, where are the Giants And right Madison now? Bumgarner yeah. is a national treasure in San Francisco. Yeah. Why would they? That would be like trading Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is right. like the face of the franchise. Why would you? Well, uh, all right, let me back step. <laughs> uh -oh. Aaron Judge didn't win the MVP in the World Series. Okay. Right. I get, yeah, I, I I get said, it. But he probably will one day. You know what I mean? Face of the franchise-wise, right. I, I would not do that if I were the San Francisco Giants. That's telling your fan base, well, we're in a bad division and we're competing, but yeah, we want to hit the reset button. No, you want to keep fans in, into it the whole season. You want to keep winning. So I, I don't think Bumgarner is a possibility unless the Giants really go south before the trade deadline. Right. Then maybe What's they this? come back into play. I don't remember his contract situation off the top of my head. I don't either. I remember Michael K mentioning lower tier guys also. It was like, I think they were both in the same division, though. One mm -hmm. of them was Chris Archer and another He's one. He's on the DL, though. Yep. Yeah. He's hurt. This, well, this was earlier, mm -hmm. and another one was, was it Marcus Stroman? I want to say it was Marcus He's Stroman. He's on a DL, too. He's yeah. been hurt. Um, another Blue Jay, actually. Who? John Heyman brought his name up today. I never thought of it. Jay Happ. Jay Happ, yeah. He's a lefty. Gives you innings. Uh, he gives you innings. Yeah. With this lineup, you don't have to be Sandy Koufax. Well, J Jason Vargas was supposed to give the Mets innings. So, there's that. 
Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. He still might. Yeah, but, but I think Jay. He's supposed to be. He was brought Jay in. Jay Happ's yeah, better than Jason Vargas. We're not saying that, but I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jason Vargas. Do you Vargas. like that? Is that so you, I wouldn't mind that it at seems all. To, it seems to me from what you're saying, Chris, is that you understand that you're probably not going to go out and, or there's a, not a frontline starter on I the just, market right now. Can you guess there yet? isn't. Takes, I'll, I'll, would you, would, do you think there's any, and I know where Brian's going with this. So Brian, are you talking about the Mets? Any possibility of DeGrom or Syndergaard? Well, oh, no, no, no. You want a lefty. I'll give you Steven Matz for like nothing. I would not <laughs> for nothing. And what, you know what, I, here's the thing. This is what it comes down to for the Yankees, Chris, from, my, mm-hmm. from where I look. We'll get to the Mets in a second. Mm-hmm. We're already there. <laughs> what are you willing to give up? Because you have so much young talent. Yeah. Um, and, and other teams are going to want to try that Some way. guys don't have a place to play right now. Well, yeah. I tweeted this the other day. Yeah. And, and I said, if, if there's a trade partner with the Yankees and they even utter the consonant G, I would stop the trade <laughs> negotiations right there. Because you're not getting Glaber Torres. So it's every Yankee fan I speak to is like, we no, not, no, 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 no. We have no, a no. video submission regarding not. that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you answer <laughs> so, a question we have from a fan but, that okay. asked about it was that. Yes. Glaber and there was another name, but we'll mm-hmm. get to that. Okay. We'll to that. Uh, you're definitely not getting Glaber So you're not giving up Glaber Torres. Okay. Gotcha. You're not. You don't think the Yankees are either? No, I don't think they're That guy even, is. Even for like a DeGrom or. No. That guy's a middle infielder for the, and he's a stud for the next. Ten years. Who yes. are you willing to give up of the Yankees prize prospects if for the right person? I don't want. And I don't even know what that means. It's I don't be a want to. I don't want to. But there's such a logjam in the outfield, and Aaron Hicks is a switch hitter, and Greg you Bird. know, if, no, if he's not oh. up here now, I don't know when he's gonna. Clint Frazier is a major league hitter. Yep. Playing in, at AAA right now. And can play center. Play can play center. He can play center. He yep. can play left. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, He's so athletic. I would. I, he could probably play right too. I, he is so versatile. His bat speed. You guys has seen him at the major yep. league level. You saw the walk off home run against the Brewers mm-hmm. last yep. year. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy could flat out hit. He can. And although I wouldn't want to get rid of him because I think next year he's your starting left fielder, and maybe Brett Gardner is your fourth outfielder and he could fill in in center and in left but if that would bring me a top of the line starter back i would have to bite the bullet and i would have to do it yeah because he's, he's included in that deal yet another guy that the mets could use because well, yeah they have dominic smith playing outfield in triple a right now and, and, and chance adams chance <laughs> and that's not that's no disrespect to dominic smith no, he's, he's, he's making me realize how bad this situation but it's like is. the fact that they're actually like hey you play first but pitcher, hey, we have to try you out he got an outfield assist already but we're sitting here talking about the yankees and mets doing something and if you listen to mike francesa he always says i don't <laughs> <laughs> But if you did, at <laughs> the segment right there. But if, if you did, and he's he's plugged in to that organization, uh, he <laughs> he says those two teams would would never do a deal. And I could understand. Uh, listen, he's not the, the only that. one that said yeah, that. Yeah, too. and I don't. There was a story. Yeah, I, don't I don't think he's wrong. I don't that. remember who said this, but um, last year I don't remember which trade deadline was July or August, but they were trying to. You know, Jay Bruce was involved, mm-hmm. and then they walked away pissed off at each other over Jay Bruce. Mm-hmm. So how could they possibly deal like a DeGrom or a Syndergaard, that magnitude of a deal? But, I remember there being something But as like a that. Met fan, yeah, as a Met fan, let me let me. Let oh, me we we want to do this deal. Let me spin this around. <laughs> no, but let's hear what Chris says. Let me spin yeah. this around. Right. 
do you want to hit the reset button? I mean, Not do you yet. want to get rid of the Grom? Do you want to get rid of Syndergaard? So here's my thing. This, if, if, but go ahead, Brian. If, oh. And we've said this before. I've said this on one of our things that we do online, uh, Ain't Hard to Tell Extra, mm-hmm. was that in July at the trade line, if they're really, like, if they're still in fourth place or even if the Marlins passed them, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it could happen at this point, uh, then you kind of start should you start selling assets then yeah. at that point because it's like you have Cespedes here for another two years two I years think after this you have Degrom the Braves uh, aren't going to get any worse yeah that's the another, Phillies are getting Phillies better. are not going to get any that's worse that's the thing and the Mets probably have one of the worst farm systems in baseball in terms of like elite prop your your best prospect right now is probably Peter Alonso who's hitting like 340 or whatever it is in double A or triple A right now. And he's supposed to come up soon, but they still have Adrian Gonzalez playing first base. And then they have Dominic Smith in triple A, who's average dipped to like 270 something. And then there, there's other guys, but nobody who's really, you know, they traded one up. I think it was Mirandy Gonzalez. They traded one to get AJ Ramos mm-hmm. and he's been a bust and now he's hurt. So I think at some point in July, if it really collapses, then they should probably look into like, so I'm with Brian on that. That I think that and I don't. Want I think to, sometimes you, you. I I I love Cespedes. So you know do I. I, mean? like, I will always the same way I feel about Johan Santana for getting that no hitter and then his career was done after that because he was never the same. Mm-hmm. I always love him for that. I always love Cespedes for coming here in 2015 and, and legitimately yeah. taking this team to the World Series pretty much by himself. And then Daniel Murphy helped out in the playoffs and then the Mets couldn't resign him so, either. So my th- but, my my, th- my thing is about I think there's always a small window where you actually have the chance to reset and somewhat be sort of competitive without making it all fall out. I think the problem with the Mets is what Brian hit upon, is that they don't have any young talent that's coming up. Mm-hmm. How is this team getting better soon without young talent? Now, here's the thing. It would all be different if we had an ownership, speaking for Mets fans, mm-hmm. that would actually spend money. Now, if I knew that the Mets would actually go and get, let's say, Manny Machado yeah. this offseason, he's a guy you could plug into that lineup, would in would, he's young. How old is Machado? 25, 26? What are you yeah, talking about? 26. A 26-year-old? Like we know the Mets aren't signing that guy. With you know this. Cespedes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See? Yeah. But if they could go spend and plug that hole, revamp the bullpen, the Mets could still compete. They're not yeah. that yeah. old. Yeah, but because, because we know... They're Chris, not that far away Yes, either. That's the thing. That's, that's, that's true, the thing, too. Chris. But the and cr- that's what has to drive you crazy. It more is. Than but they're not going to you know spend. what it is? In pro sports, in pro sports, and we all know this, the worst place to be is in the middle. The yeah. worst, and the worst place to be in baseball is the middle where you ain't gonna spend. Exactly, that's, 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 the, that's even worse than that's being in the worse. middle. Is being in the worst, and you have like that that's kind of. So maybe cycle, I feel yeah. like maybe hearing both of that, you can understand where we as no, Mets fans I, are, are coming course. from in that. Yeah. So because like, hey. think about it, like because we not even just an emotional attachment. I feel like I'm a psychologist in the middle of two. <laughs> oh, this is therapy right now. Oh, this but, is therapy. And can this we is, get a couch, Matt? This is the this is this is and this is the only pro sports team that I still get like this about because this is like my dad is a baseball like diehard so mm-hmm. this is the sport that i grew up with and still even though i don't love baseball as much as i love basketball or boxing now this is still one of the sports that i grew up with and i was always playing my, or whatever that's my dad too my dad played semi-pro he played yeah. uh, he played on an all african-american uh, baseball team really nice. semi-pro back in the day you, you know, got that in jersey attention. you know who their shortstop was no a 16 year old drew pearson Really? Wow. He was a junior in high school. He's playing semi-professional baseball with the. Uh, I think my dad said the name of the team was the New Brunswick Raiders. New my Brunswick dad, Raiders. Okay. And my dad was the catcher. What? 
And Phil Hill, God rest his soul, okay. played with my father, and he used to do uh, local TV with me. I used to broadcast the high school football games and basketball games, and Phil told me, no one stole on your father. Really? Mm. Mm-hmm. Your father's the legend. Well, yeah, <laughs> I still have the, the letters from the Yankees, the Cardinals, the Mets, and the Braves. They all sent him letters, and he actually had a tryout with the Yankees at the old Yankee Stadium. Really? But he played ba- uh, football, too, on a full ride to Lafayette. And as a freshman, he broke his ankle in three places, lost his ride, and my grandparents didn't have the money to send him, so he was done. And then when he tried out for the Yankees, he had the bum ankle. And, you know, it's the same sob story. He yeah. went down there. He hit a home run over the old reserve scoreboard. He can say he did that. And he couldn't run. Yeah. Wow. He couldn't run. That was around 68, 69, huh. somewhere like that. So, wow. yeah, but he, he played. I'm pretty sure it was him, and there was one other white guy on the team, but it was pretty much all African-American baseball team. Team. Wow. Semi, semi-pro league. And they played in South River, South my hometown. Huh. Nice. There's a gem. That's not, I was going to ask you where you're from. South yeah. River. Okay. Cool. All right. This is, this is good. All right. Yeah. So is there any hope Any hope for Mets fans? Is there any hope? Mets? Yes. I, I, I you, said that, you said that I like uh, Jim Moore. No, I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell if it was. <laughs> like Jim Moore. Those, the teams and the consonants are right next to each other, so I didn't know if it was Mets or Nets. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. It was Mets. There's more hope for the Mets, I think, at this point. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Wow. <laughs> you know, I think you're right, though. But it's, you know what it is, though? It's management. Like, because I, I, like, I remember who pointed this out recently. Well, but ownership. Prokhorov saw, saw that, you know, the team was going in the wrong direction. He yeah. put it in the right direction. He, he changed his way of thinking. I don't know what the mm-hmm. hell. So you, like, you really like the future Mets. You talked before about the Nets, excuse me. You talked mm-hmm. about how you like the, the coach. You like the general manager. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this and been encouraged about it. You're very encouraged about the direction they're headed in. I am. Yeah. I am. But they still need yeah, yeah, big yeah. time for oh, yeah, 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 to sign yeah. here. Do you think they, they can? Do. do you think they will be able, will be able, excuse me, can't speak today, will be able to attract big time free agents I, coming up? I hope and pray they can. I mean, I don't know. There was a rumor that a little birdie told me two years ago, and I won't bring his name up because it didn't happen, but he, We might have heard this rumor, too. He was talking to his brother, and his brother told him that he loves Brooklyn, and uh, he was thinking about it, and that was Kevin Durant before he went to the Warriors. Mm. Um, mm. So that really got my eyebrows raised, and, you know, all... All Brooklyn needs, all they need is for one. Yeah. One guy yeah. to say, I want to go there, and I want to win there. Yeah. And somebody will follow. Yeah. You know, you know it's a tight-knit community. You know that these guys all want to play. They secretly want to play together at some yep. point. Yeah, absolutely. If one guy gets here, somebody else will follow. And, and the Nets right now... And I'm sorry I changed the subject. No, it's fine. But, again, grew up a Knicks fan, but I am super passionate about the Nets. I really am. Mm. Rondé, the way he's grown. Great dude. Karras, the way he's grown. Uh, Now you got D'Lo. You still don't – the jury's still out on him. That's true. I mean, he he played well down the stretch last year. But here's my one thing. Uh Uh-oh. And I hope Alan Crabb is a viewer of the – Podcast. Well, we we did have Spencer Dinwiddie, Spencer on, Dinwiddie on here, so yes. so you and I love Spencer. Oh, Spencer's a great guy. Oh yeah, great yeah, guy. yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't want to hear Allen showed up anymore. 
if AC ain't in the building every game, I don't don't talk to me. Don't Ooh. talk to me. Message for you, Alan Crabb. Yeah. You, you know that? You know that story? One no. of the pregames or postgames, he said sometimes Alan shows up and sometimes AC shows up. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I so that. I did hear about that, but I never watched the actual, watched right. him actually say this. Right. So I was aware of that. But what you're saying is we need you to show up all the time. We need AC. <laughs> yeah. We don't need Alan. Al- Alan. Tell Alan <laughs> as soon as you walk into the arena to Just stay outside. <laughs> You're not welcome in here. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think to your point that, yes, all it takes is one. And we, this is not going to be a great comparison, but we did kind of see this with the Knicks at one point mm-hmm. where they got Amari Stoudemire. See? And then after that, they became an attraction there. or whatever. But you whatever. don't want that person to be Amari Stoudemire. No, it just, did, it just didn't work out the same exact way. No, that's way. no respect to Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, no. because, you know, uh, they, he had three years left on his knees and they signed him to a five-year deal, whatever. Yeah. They were the, but still, in the spirit of it, He had that micro-fracture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the micro-fracture. It's a different case scenario, but the spirit of it, it's, you know, it's all in the same ballpark. And free agency, they're not going to have a ton of money this year unless they make some moves in the next couple of weeks, which might happen. Mm-hmm. But... But next year, especially when they're going to they have, have their own draft pick, they're going to have decisions to make so with Rondé Hollis Jefferson's going to hit free agency in. Uh, he's going to be a restricted free agent after next year. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, you know what I mean? Like you have guys' contracts that are expiring. You know, let me say this too, Carol. A lot of people give Billy King a lot of grief, and they give Bobby Marks a lot of grief for bringing in uh, Pierce and Garnett and Jason Terry. Yep. But let me tell you something. Prokhorov wanted a championship within the first five years of him owning the team. Yep. That's pressure. And you know what? That decision could have come from ownership. You don't know that. I don't know that, but it could have. And Billy King and Bobby Marks did what they thought they needed to do to get Brooklyn a title. And you know what? It almost worked. That series against the Heat that they lost 4-1, they lost it in five. Yep. I can remember, and, and you guys could correct me if I'm wrong, but three of those games, the Nets had fourth quarter leads. Yeah, it was like Rangers-Kings. It was like yeah. the Rangers-Kings oh, Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's painful for me too. Talk about a team that makes me lose sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I, understood. That. that is a good comparison, though. But I, yes, surpri- I mean, I'm surprised. This is like my first hockey reference. In no, but you know what, Chris? You're, Chris, you're right, and I think I think three of those games they lost by six points or less, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. when I was covering that series. Right. Um, but they had fourth quarter leads. They were right there. That could have. They could have beaten the Heat, and that was the semis. Semis, second right. round. Semis. Yeah. 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 They could have beaten the Heat, and they could have won. And a big part of why they didn't. Is be Darren Williams. Darren Williams, yeah. He hamstrung that team. They begged that guy to lead. Yeah. Begged oh, him yeah, to lead. Yeah, this I know. Stephen A. Smith Paul said Pierce it and Kevin Garnett, they came in there with a ring and they were like, This is your team. Lead us. Yeah. But he wasn't that guy. He wasn't and that Stephen A. Smith guy. said it best where he said that, and we gotta go to break, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Stephen A. Smith said that at that point, Darren Williams. He had the easiest job out of any superstar in the NBA where all he had to do was play. Like, he had the leadership around him. He had, like, you know, the player, all the stuff around him with Garnett, with Pierce, with everybody, and Joe Johnson, but he just didn't play up to expectations. And he was not, I I know this for a fact, he was not um, 
well liked or respected in that locker room yeah. at that time by yeah. those other guys yeah. that Brian just mentioned. Yeah. Um, let's just say they didn't care for his yeah. lack of leadership. You did play dodgeball with him one time, though. I did. <laughs> I did play dodgeball with Darren That Williams. video is somewhere uh, on that stage. You can check it out on that stage. Google Dexter Henry, one of the first This is uh, a couple years <laughs> off of an Achilles injury, so we're not going to talk about that. Um, Your Achilles? My Achilles, oh, yes. Okay. yes. That, that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, not, yeah, not Darren not Williams. Yeah, not Darren Williams' Achilles. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break for our last segment. We come back, we're going to talk some hip-hop with Chris Shearn, who told me that he's stuck in the late 80s and early 90s <laughs> with hip-hop. Uh, some boxing, and we had our video submission of the week, a question for Chris Shearn about the Yankees. All that when we come back on A Hard to Tell Podcast. Sports Guru is the place where fans talk about sports via video. All videos are 60 seconds or shorter. Sports Guru makes the video look more professional and fun by adding automated on-screen graphics. You can follow your favorite sports by team, trending, new, or by people you follow, and more. Type in the title of your video and it will automatically, that's right, auto-magically go into your on-screen graphics. It's just that simple. Tag your teams and publish sports. Let's talk sports. It ain't hard to tell where to get the latest merchandise from Backpack Broadcasting. Gear is now available via TeePublic. Visit the Backpack Broadcasting TeePublic online store to get shirts, hoodies, mugs, and phone cases. Represent your favorite Backpack Broadcasting shows, including the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, and of course, the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Check out the special offers for our podcast listeners at http colon backslash backslash t dot pub backslash lic backslash backpack. Get in the game with your official backpack broadcasting here today. All right, welcome back to Ain't Hard to Tell Podcast, episode 33, which Chris Shirt has given me an, uh, another person that we should use number, and I like this number. Right. Who'd you say? Tony Dorsett. Tony Dorsett, University of Pittsburgh. I had that Cowboys uh, jersey, I guess they call yeah. them. It was an old school, like it had the the numbers that kind of peeled off in the dryer. Yeah, if, if oh, so I remember those. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And it was a dark blue Cowboys jersey. I grew up, actually, I grew up until 86. Uh-oh, you're going to disappoint some people. I was a Cowboy fan. Ooh. And I'll give you the reason. Hmm. Drew Pearson. That's... Mm. Drew ah. Pearson, Drew Pearson, and Joe Thiesman. <laughs> Drew Pearson and Joe Thiesman both went to South River High School. Of course, my alma mater, and yep. every day the the Wall of Fame, and which I'm in now. Oops, I saw that coming. Yep, me too. Which, which, I'm, <laughs> on, which, which I'm on now, which I'm very proud to say. They that. put you on though. Okay. Yeah, uh, because every day I walk by their pictures and I would say, "Wow, it'd be cool if I was up there one day." And I am now, and I thank South River for doing that for right. me. It's a big time honor for me, uh, but. Drew, who played with my dad, used to come back to South River all the time and give me autographed pictures. And I have a picture of him I could show you guys off the air at, at Pacers Field in South River huh. with Drew Pearson and my older brother, my younger brother. Or, or wait, my older brother, me, and my two cousins hugging us. Now, if I, if I, I do Friday Night Football for News 12 in New Jersey, mm -hmm. and I, when was I at South River? I can't remember if it was last season or the season before. I was at South River, but I didn't go inside the school. So yeah. I was just there for the football field. But if I do, I'm going to go check and see yeah. the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a picture with your picture in the hall. A <laughs> selfie? And I'm going to text, text it to you. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, I could have been a Redskins fan, too. Could have been. Because Joe went to the school, too. But mm. uh, I, 
I just had that personal connection with Drew, and you know, like when you're a kid and yeah, you know, a professional athlete, you're gonna root yeah, for him. Yeah, you're gonna do, so. you're gonna do that. Okay. And okay. then if you want to live in the same house as your father after that guy retires, you become a giant fan. Yeah. All right. Yeah, your father let you know what was up. <laughs> yeah, you had to do it like that. Yeah. All right. So before we 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 talked we talked a little about um sports so all the all the way through, but quickly before we get to some hip hop, mm-hmm. um. What do you think the impact has been? Because you work at a regional sports network um, in the Yes, and you said how you felt like you knew it was going to be successful because mm-hmm. the Yankees, the brand was strong. Mm-hmm. What do you think the impact of regional sports networks has been? Because you've had the Yes, you've got SNY here in New York, you got Nesson uh, up in New England, Boston area. Mm-hmm. How do you think it's impacted sports? I mean, there aren't too many in the country, but how do you think it's impacted sports? Um, it, I think it, a lot of it comes down to, you know, teams. Uh, organizations um, they see how lucrative it can be and um, let's face it uh, you know the the S network the Yankees SNY and the Mets um, it's another moneymaker it really is for the organization and you know back in the day I can remember the the Mets on Channel 9 and the Yankees were on Channel 11 11, Uh, I even remember that. Phil Rizzuto and I mean it stinks everybody has cable now though so everybody can get uh, most people have cable. I don't say everybody yeah. has cable, yeah, but yeah, most yeah. people have cable, and and you know you could see these things, and it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And um, you can do it online now. And you could do it online. Yep. I, I mean, you you could basically. Um, I'll just hold it from now. Yeah. You could basically. <laughs> you could yeah. basically. Uh, you know, everything is readily available to any anybody if you want. MLB.com. Right. You could buy a package for the season, and you could watch all the games for all the teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I just think it's great uh, to be and to be a part of yes, and to be a part of that from the inception of a regional like that. And now Fox has eighty uh, percent ownership of us, so now we're part of the under the Fox umbrella. And um, it, it's just great to see how different places work and and how different places operate. Uh, I, I I think, in my estimation, I think it's been great. Uh, for the you know the regionals, the impact that they've had, uh, and and people and, and teams get to identify with that network, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't like, and this is not because I work for Yes, and it's not because I've been there since we launched. But if if you go around the dial, and this is not a knock on other on other regionals either. Mm-hmm. But I think I mean our crews, our our play by play, our everything. I, I and SNY too. I'll throw them out there too. Yeah. Gary Cohn is great at what he does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and Keith, he makes Mets games so watchable. And, and Keith, Keith and Ron and and, Ron and 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 Ian Eagle for us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, during that season. And Ryan Rucco. And, and Ryan Rucco. Um, yeah. it, it, this area is just chock full. I think. And it's. I mean, it's New York, but it's chock full of the best people in the business. And and I think that's brought that out too. So I think that's another good aspect hmm. of 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 the regional since they came around. Yeah, no, re- really good points there. All right, we're going to talk a little hip hop. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> or mu- music in general. Music you, in general. You, you told me this and so not do not ask me anything about music today. Oh, see, we're, and I was going to I get to that in some way. When we met, you said that. I am <laughs> lost. How lost that. how lost are you? Like if your kids are like I would hey, dad, what's this? Migos or But you know Migos. Only because Matt Stucco, who works for Yes, they do uh, they do this they do this with Don LaGreca on the Michael oh show all the time. <laughs> Only because he came up to me the two days ago and said, 
yo, did you hear that Migos song? <laughs> It sounds like they I say... I would have paid to see your face when that was it asked sound, It sounds like they say uh, Sheeran in it. It's like... What? <laughs> I, a, I don't know who you're talking about. B, I never heard the song because I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> so he played it for me, and I think he was saying Ed Sheeran. So it was around... It, oh, it was okay. A, yeah, it okay. was a part of his but song. Then how does that, that go with... Is he trying to tie it to Chris Sheeran? Nah, I, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to see where he was going. I, whatever. <laughs> but... For me, like growing up in uh, in high school, my cousin, I'll credit him, he came back, for, he lived in, down in Florida, he came back and run DMC. They, they started everything for me. Um, mm. There's nothing like, to me, there's nothing like a good beat with great lyrics. That, that there's no, and that's all I that, agree. and Missy Elliott, I, I listen, all this stuff. I, I love I love Missy Elliott. I'm when a huge I, Missy Elliott fan. When I cut the grass, yeah, my I listen to my gym mix, and Missy's on my gym mix. I love this. And at okay. the end, at the end of one of her songs, she's talking about, and uh, I can't remember what it was. Uh, I can't remember the song, but at the end of it, she goes, "You know, this is hip hop. It's fun. Work it." That's it. Work yeah. it. Yeah, work it. Yeah. This is hip hop. This is fun. If you want to dance during your songs, yeah. if you want to mean Yep. She <laughs> says, yep. If you want to mean mug, if you want to wear grill, it's it's hip hop. It's fun. And I think that's what is lost on it nowadays huh. sometimes. Back back in the day, it was just it was a beat and it was it was guys having fun and, and look EPMD, I'm huge fans of EPMD. Nice. Eric and Parrish making yep. dollars. Yep. Um, Run DMC, Big Daddy Kane, mm -hmm. Jay Z, and Jay Z and Marley Marl, they were with Big Daddy. Yep. So they kind of branched off from him. Um, there's one Big Daddy CD. I'm pretty sure it's a Big Daddy thing. I think that's what it's called. I think that is the name of one of his albums. Or Big Daddy might be the, the name of it. Yeah. Um, Every song I know every word. <laughs> so, you, so you're you, you're someone who's a you're a fan of you know can't repeat them on the <laughs> right, right. on the podcast right. Yeah, I know so you're every you're word. really a big fan of that that era of the late '80s when you look from '85 to maybe like you know '89 yeah. '90. Yeah, um, I mean East Coast hip hop and <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean I and they had the East and West Coast battle and you know all that stuff. Uh, I love Tupac and Biggie too, um, but that's when I started to kind of tune out, I guess. So yeah. I go from, like, maybe Run DMC all the way up to Biggie and Tupac and everything in the middle. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Okay. So um, this is, like, 84 to 96-ish. And my wife, I'll credit her, my wife got me into Jay-Z. Really? And I'll give you a funny story about Jay. He was at the groundbreaking for Barclays Center. Yes. And I, yes, and I covered right. that for Yes. And it was me and Jessica Taff at the time. She was the Nets um, sideline reporter. reporter. Mm -hmm. And as luck would have it, we were at two different locations where the dignitaries were because it was kind of a big setup. Mm -hmm. And she was over here and I was over here. And it just turned out that Jay was standing next to me when it yeah. was time to interview him. Yeah. So I grabbed him. And we were talking during the break. And I was like, it's not long now. Don't worry. And I was like, hey, my wife's a big fan. And he goes, Pfft. 
what about you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 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 no, me too, me too. But I just wanted to tell you that she was, you know, I, I, that was more important <laughs> Were to you me. really a fan then or you just kind of said it? No, so I was. Like, okay. I was <laughs> I, I, to be honest, to be fair, I j had just started like, just got getting into his, into his stuff. Yeah. Like, um, allow me to reintroduce myself. The, what's Public, PSA. Public PSA. Service, yeah. yep. That song, if that, that's on my gym mix. If that comes great. on. That's a great one. In the middle of a set, it's it, it's like Popeye with spinach, man. Yeah. It makes, makes you push that's, harder. With, that yeah. song just, like, it, it, it embodies, like, how hard I've had to fight, you know, to get to everything that I've gotten to. Mm -hmm. And when he says, allow me to reintroduce myself, it's like breaking through that wall. Like, every time it's like breaking through that wall. So that's, it just, like, it, it, it starts in my feet. And when when music is able to do that to you, yeah, you know the artist is doing something right. right? Huh. It's able to grab you from your toes and explode out of your head. That's you know, music. And man. there's only certain, there's some songs that just get really capture yeah. that feeling. So I, yeah. I, I I definitely I feel that. I definitely can understand. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I, I have the Rocky soundtrack on my workout mix too. Hey, I right. mean it's it's I I have a very eclectic music taste. My favorite rock band of all time and they're not really a rock band uh they're punk is the police the police ah. i i think gordon sumner's we all know him as sting yep. is, is a <laughs> i love that you went i love that you went to his real name he's there. a poet i love that yeah he's great, a, he's great songwriter i just said this to my wife the other day one of one of my favorite police songs is the do 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 the da 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 i actually don't know that song <coughs> me neither there's <laughs> There's a there's a there's a bar in it where he says poets, priests, and politicians. Good alliteration. Have words to thank for their positions, words mm -hmm. that scream for your submission, and no one's jamming their transmission. Hmm. Mm. And if that doesn't, hmm. that's very powerful but political. I mean, line. that was in the that was in the early eighties. Eighties. That's very powerful. And if you take that and just let it go into today. I mean, you sit back and damn, boom. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, because he's right. Think about it. Those three poets, priests, politicians have words to thank for their positions, words that scream for your submission, no one's jamming their transmission. Because when their eloquence escapes you, their logic ties you up and rapes you. Damn. The do, do, do. That actually speaks so much to you. The da, da, da. Right. Speaks to so much going on today. Because that's what you hear. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 No, it speaks so much of going on today. And the sheep hear it, and you know they uh, then we fight each other. Well, there, that's we it. We are fighting each other. We are. <laughs> well, Chris, we want to thank you. Thank you for coming. That's on. it. That's that. That is it. We're gonna have a. We're, we're, we're gonna have no. We're gonna have an extra segment All with right. the video question question for um, Chris. That we're gonna do. We're gonna separate. We're gonna separate right. that. Yeah. So right. we're gonna have that. But for this portion of it. That is it. We got to thank you because you came from Connecticut. Stop. We could go for another traffic, hour, honestly. And you, you, you came out and hung and had a great too. time with us. I could too. Listen, I, listen to me. I sincerely mean this. I love doing stuff like this. Um, and you guys, obviously, I met Brian sitting waiting for the next shoot around to end. And we just made an instant connection. Yeah, he was so, replacing Sarah the one day she wasn't. Right. Oh, he's up for Sarah. Okay. <laughs> one day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a couple of uh, we have a couple of uh, hard workers. Sarah Kustak, right to Michael Grady. Grady, yeah. 
So, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I just wanted to say I really appreciate you having me on. No, we're, we're, we're fans of what you do, and you've been nice since I've, I met you back in 2010. Uh, fortunately, on a sad Don't day. bring that up again. Yes, a, a sad day. Eight years. Eight years. Yeah, I know. It makes us both feel old. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was in my 20s. Did Dexter have a piercing? No, I did not. I did not at that time. I had one, too. For a hot minute. Yeah, I did too. Well, we, I, we neither of us had it at time. That's all that matters. No. There, right. neither of no. us had it at time. And see, Brian's trying to embarrass me. Why is that no, embarrassing? Nobody needs to know about that. Why is that embarrassing? It's the whole time. It's not I embarrassing. I'm not really embarrassing. Okay. Are you are you a Nas fan by any chance? My wife is. Okay. She loves Nas. Okay. Nice. Love. So we're Nas. we're in the same. Uh, we. My wife and I have. Um, like, even though even though Nas is not yeah, making she, me. She and I have like the basically the same musical taste, and she's opened my ears up to other. See, that's good. That's what you're supposed. That's what you're supposed yeah. to do in a relationship. Yeah. And uh, shout out to your wife, um, for Jackie. Coming, Jackie for coming through and saving you from that MSNBC. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nice callback. That, nice, nice callback. <laughs> yeah, that that is Chris Shern, uh, host for the Yes Network. He's a studio host. You can catch him. Uh, what do you pre-post Yankees? Also Nets. He does a ton of stuff for the network. Uh, Chris, thank you once again for coming. Thank you, Dexter. Absolutely. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. All right, that's it for the Ain't Hard Tell podcast, episode number thirty-three. Hopefully, we have Chris back again sometime soon. See you guys. Peace.